Hello and welcome to episode four of Four Pints In. My name is Tom Robertshaw. I've started this podcast with my good friends Nick Jones and Red Davis. Nick and I started an e-commerce agency together and Red is a freelance iOS developer. Now we're going to get together every couple of weeks, um, have a chat over a beer about our respective uh, experiences in the world of technology and, and just have just some, hopefully, some interesting conversations. This week we're reviewing our latest beer, we're having a catch up on the iPhone X and how that affects the, the iPhone market in particular, um, and we're also talking about uh, iPhone app downloads and their kind of how they've been bloated and how quite a lot of them are, are quite large now, uh, and finally we talk about a new project that Red and, and Nick have both been working on called Forecast.Money, and so I'll, I'll leave it to, to the episode to describe what it is, um, but yeah, it's exciting, exciting new side project from them. So let's dive right in with episode four. <laughs> what are we drinking this week? We are drinking. Thank goodness. So Belgian beer brewery, quite a quite a mouthful. Belgian beer that after a few beers. Um, this is a miso honey uh, ale brewed with honey. This is your choice, isn't it, mate? It is. So the only the only time I drank from this brewery before has been like a peanut butter stout, which Tom was not a fan of. No, much too dark for me. Uh, I'm not sure you actually tried it. I don't think I did. But yeah, this is this is quite nice. It's a sound the nose. I just drank it first. <laughs> I need to get better at that. It does smell very sweet. It just smells beer. My nose is a bit blocked at the moment. Smells like Budweiser. It smells of honey, but I don't know if I'm just saying that because I know. It's very sweet. Like, I, thought it was I don't know if I could drink much of this. Me and Red were talking about this. Can you ever get used to drinking a can, uh, a beer in a can this size? It just feels like a soft drink. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's is... an excuse to charge four quid for a can that's 330 mil. It's ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. That's from California. Five and a half percent. Yeah, can't drink many of these. Or can you? I don't know. It's not heavy. Only one way to find out. Yeah. Tastes alright. Got a hint of the darkness and the peanut butter style, but still like, <coughs> has the honey sweetness. I like miso honey. Hey, Tom, you wrote this. Cheers, Tom. Oh, there you go. Someone else named Tom must have been me. <laughs> yeah, and says cheers. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I think what we found so far after two weeks of reviewing beers is that we don't know shit. <laughs> we don't know anything at all. And all beers smell the same. No. It smells like almost milky. It's making me really gassy. No, that might have been the smash burger you ate before. <laughs> <laughs> Probably and the litre of milkshake. You didn't see that. But you no, drank a litre of milkshake while we were waiting for the burger. And then a coffee and then it was, you are. It was really something. cold and I kept getting brain freeze. Which I haven't had for a very long time. Did it take you back to childhood? It did, and the pain, and I was just <laughs> like, an instant regret. <laughs> yeah, not bad. What did you rate this one? What did we rate last week's one? Like, you, you, went, you went straight with the seven, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure. Okay, it was very easy drinking, but it didn't have a lot of flavour. Um, so I think I would have gone with a five, five or six. Bloody yeah. This week, hmm, do you know, I think I prefer this one to last week. So that immediately means I have to go bigger. <laughs> 5.1? But as you say, I don't think I could drink many cans of this. I don't think I could drink a pint of it. No, not a no. pint. Does that make it bad then? I think so. You don't want a beer that you're just like, oh, right, I'll have one, leave it there. Am I an alcoholic? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking a five for this, to be honest, in my books. Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty average. It's an interesting experiment. It's, you know, it's fun. Yeah. Toast was nicer. Whoa, yeah, easier drinking. Yeah. So this week was the week week of the iPhone. Does anyone anyone cares? Anyone got you? You're red. You're, you're oh, obviously eat, I yeah. care. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't. Well, I used the app to book my my phone. Yeah. And I got the slot for eight thirty, which is first slot. And I press like then confirm it right at the end, and this alert comes up and says, uh, like congratulations, you can pick your phone up in store. And I was like, I don't think it's out yet. So I tried it again. You accidentally bought a 6S? No, nothing, like, I think it was just fucked, like, because then I did it again, same thing. Did it again, but then the only option was, like, 9.30, so it was, like, getting, like, yeah. the top ones were going. And then I was like, hmm, so I decided to then use the website, and then all the times were gone. So, so what happened to your reservations? Uh, they, they, I guess they just didn't get through, or they, there was some, like, this server was like being like, yeah, good, and yeah. returning this other thing of like, you can now go and pick, just pick it up yeah. in store. 
So after they're like, fuck yes, where we sold that iPhone X's. <laughs> yeah. And just register and yeah. it turns up. Red Davis, Red Davis, Red Davis. <laughs> so that plane full of iPhones was actually well, for you, for that's, your reservation. That's what I was hoping. I was like, because I've done this before where I've accidentally, like, accidentally, I've done two rather than just one. Yeah. Um, like, just two bookings. Sure. Yeah, because, like, you never really know with, with this Apple stuff. Um, but yeah, this time I realised because I can check my reservations in the app as well, and there's nothing there. Right. So I got it on the yeah. website, but so being iOS developer, you getting both the eight and the ten? No, probably just the ten. I think. Right. Um, just because it's a superset, like it has exactly the same, but more. Like. Yeah, like the eight is like, in terms of, I guess in general, it's more like this seven or whatever. I didn't pay a lot of attention. Was it exactly the same as seven but like a bigger processor or something? I think so. Yeah. Just gonna I think be a bit so. upgrade. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like the hardware is better and stuff like that. Um yeah. So I'm I'm trying to be positive but I've certainly felt crap since the iOS update and <laughs> like my one-year-old iPhone 7 has been like depleting its battery very, very quickly. Yeah, lots of people have had um, it. It's been like very laggy, and so the whole like I'm way past the Apple fanboy stage, and that's just ridiculous for a phone. So if you want, like, want me to spend even more money updating to this new new phone, I want to be excited about it because it does have some cool features, but it, it is hard right now. Yeah, but I swear this whole battery thing happens every major iOS like yeah. though though iOS. 11.1 isn't now, I believe. Uh, yeah, I downloaded that. I'm so I don't know if that's... Yeah, so that's... I remember when 7 came out and, like, everything was just, like, fucked up for a while and then they did 7.1 and then it was a lot better. And yeah. I, I feel the same with all the others. Like, battery is a huge issue. Yeah, I don't... Apple aren't alone in this. I don't blame them solely. I think it's also a... Uh, going straight to the cultural issues of well, why did we always need more when I just like it's more important for this to last the entire day without me having to worry about charging it I don't need it to be <coughs> doing more how do we get so much feature bloat like you see the tweets about you know the amount of memory we needed to get to the moon but like Slack will take 1.5 gigs just to yeah. <laughs> idle there it's just like it seems such a waste yeah there's always a bunch of there's loads of stuff that goes on inside iOS that we just don't know about that could one bug could just be causing like things uploading to iCloud later. There's, yeah. so there's like so many like weird things that could be happening and especially because of all the machine learning stuff that they do is local as well. So it could be some weird bug in that where when you've updated it's now like running through your photos. Yeah. Mm. I think that's again, I think there's a few like, cool things about it and the local machine learning or uh, yeah that, that sort of thing is very cool for a privacy point of view. I like yeah. the direction that they're going in there. I'm sure yeah we we pay the price for it a little bit when it comes to, to the batteries. Yeah. Um, have you been able to use much, like, or see, um, simulate much, and experiment with the new features that are around, or do you actually have to wait until you get a phone? Um, so it's been on the simulator for a while. Um, I so presume you can't like do anything with the face stuff, but you might be able to do something no. with like. No, but like the face stuff is for the face unlocking. It's exactly the same as the the, the fingerprint unlocking. So it's everything's exactly the same. Yeah. So. So your um, call to that would just be like, is unlocked or something. Like I believe so. Like, to yeah, candidate, yeah, like it's literally. I believe it's exactly the same yeah. sort of class. So there's no sort of instant because you don't on the iPhone 10. There's not the two options. There's not fingerprint or face. It's yeah. just one or the other. So, but the like depth camera. Do you assume you have some access to that? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Because um, so I don't know too much about it, but like there's a great app called Halide. Oh um, yeah, I think I'm buying that. It's yeah. Like, um, it's like a photo app, they call it the premium photo app. Right. Yeah. So it's exactly the same as the inbuilt photo thing, but it's got extra shit. So you pay for it. Yeah. yeah. Like five bucks as well. I can't remember, I want to call it Sebastian DeWitt or something. I don't know, this like really well-known designer, and then also the guy who used to work on... It's a Facebook and Twitter guy, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it might be Facebook. I know he's definitely Twitter, he was like the lead iOS guy at Twitter or something. Right. Like, I think a long time ago, but yeah, this app is like really awesome and they've just mm. released 1.5 which is sort of like sort of built for iPhone 10 <clears throat> in terms of how they've done the UI and stuff like yeah. that but yeah they're talking about how they're taking advantage of all the depth stuff yeah so the um, thing that I've seen technologies most excited about with the iPhone is the potential from the AI side of things because it, it has the sort of latest technology latest yeah. like well not latest algorithms but you know, does a lot for you, um, and it's getting that sort of level tech in the hands of 
I say everybody, but yeah, rich people. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I guess I was excited about the iPhone 10. Like I was always going to get one, but then I was, yeah, I guess everyone's like slightly skeptical about the face ID and stuff yeah. like that. But then seeing like people, because Apple did quite an interesting thing with their PR and they released it like to a lot of YouTubers to begin with. Mm. Um, so it's been heavy, like, did which they, is quite did they interesting. Sack their dads or not? <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy, how <laughs> I be? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they. Um, it was an interest. I read a. I read a tweet or something that someone said that this is actually quite a smart way of Apple to do it because it's quite a visual feature that words can't really describe so well. Yeah. As to like if someone was actually just to show you how quick it is or how simple it is. Um. So that's like I wonder if that's like why they sort of went this with their PR route. But uh, yeah, seeing people like really rave about like the the. The face ID stuff is mm. got me, yeah. And there's a lot more money as well. And iPhone's always been the more expensive. And yeah. then Google came in with you know the cheaper phone, and now they're the same price as iPhones. Yeah. Now they're not. Now they're the cheaper version. Yeah. Um, did Apple? Like, I don't know enough about the, the technology behind it and the research behind it. But did Apple have to go more expensive to just kind of cover costs, or is this just another like land grab and more defining where they sit in the market again? I don't know to be honest. Like. I guess there's no definite answer um, because Apple have not said I don't believe. So like yeah. you could just see that they want to basically make this. It definitely feels like the experimental version, um, but then they don't really release like beta hardware. So like yeah. it's as good as they can sort of do, but it is the experimental version where they've sort of then kept the sort of eights sort of on track with everything else. But then maybe it's incredibly expensive. So that's why they sort of split it like this, where they can provide. A new yeah. version for people who want like a new version, but don't want to have to go to this expensive version. I think it's a good way to do it, like having a premium model, because it means you can essentially test new features on it. I think and like see how it's like good a Tesla approach is. <coughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It might be not quite so profitable, but it um, yeah. you have to go the expensive route first. Um, yeah, might not be it, or rather not be so mainstream. Yeah, um, it's potentially what they used to do with their. I always I get lost in what they do in laptops now, but like when they did. MacBook and they had MacBook Pro. There yeah. was like huge definition there, like it was same sort of roughly sort of, it was a laptop, but different ones had more like powerful features and yeah, yeah. Maybe when the components then come down in price because they bought so many for the yeah. MacBook Pros, maybe then you can start bundling them into the um, yeah lower device. Though I'm surprised that they're, they're keeping so many old versions of the iPhone around. Um, yeah. I, I kind of get lost at what's still around, but I've got someone told me that, that you can still buy sixes and sixes like and four, it's, four of them. Uh, I always get lost as well. So. You've got you've got the. Is it not just called the S now? The iPhone S, like oh, the, the SE. SE, yeah. Yeah, so that's like the, the, the five-sized, the iPhone 5-sized. Yeah. So, so is, the, is the is the 5C still around? Mm. You know, the one with funny like colours? No, no. It, it looks like it's SE, 6S, 7, 8, and 10. And then so there's the 8 plus in there and the 7 plus in there. Yeah. That's a lot of phones. Yeah, actually, I'm surprised they're still selling a success. Like, yeah, they must have. Like, what what reason must they be to selling it? Like, it's how much? It's either because they want to keep something cheaper to try and make everyone able to get an iPhone, or they're trying to get rid. Of, like, they've got so much stock. I don't understand. Yeah, I, uh, I don't think they'd make that mistake though. Like, the, no. the overstocking seems like a silly thing for. Someone yeah, like Apple they've always been proud on like how well they do their sort of. But then, why keep a success when you've got the SE? Mm -hmm. I guess size. Success, yeah, I guess, will be. I don't know how much. It's how so much confusing. does it? It's, it's like it only comes down to can you afford it? Yeah. All these versions. Can you see how much it? The success then is how much they're selling that for. I was doing the comparison table because uh, Chow wants a wants a new iPhone. I was doing the comparison table, and the only thing she really cares about is the camera. Yeah. On the phone. Mm, that is going the top level. So this is dollars, but success four four nine or plus for five four nine. So it's still like a reasonable amount of money. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it got crazy once with the iPads where they had so many different versions, and the naming of them was terrible as well. Where yeah. you just like, if anyone ever came up to me and was like, "Should we get buy this iPad?" Like a family member or something, I was like, "I don't know which one that is." Like, yeah, that's um, true. I actually don't know. Is it? Are we meant to be calling it iPhone Ten or is it iPhone X? Is it specific? iPhone Ten? Yeah. Is is specific? Like iOS Ten? Yeah. Right. Get it right, Tom. So I just—I I, I, I mean, I had been doing it right. I just wasn't entirely sure. I, I've been quite lucky. Why I must have heard it first as iPhone 10, so it's kind of stuck in my mind. But yeah. I can 
yeah, I think if people just read it, they're probably like I still call it RSX. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it makes it just comes like very little sense because I'm sure once you go past ten and you go to eleven, you're not going to stick with the Roman numerals for very long, are you? No. No. So that was another like again talking about why they did this expensive one and then why did they go for a, new, a Roman numeral is like then you just like is is the iPhone well because they call it the ten so then they got rid of it so if it was going to be called the iPhone X then maybe that's always going to forever be the experimental version. Yeah, okay. Right. Okay. Ah, that's clever. But if they're going to call it the iPhone X, then like, how was the de- like how are you to define the next version? You've got to go up a number, surely. So then, or, or you do that because they always stick S on it, so then it's going to be the extra small. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the XX or the triple X. <laughs> yeah. The XXL. Uh, yeah, like yeah. the Xbox One X. I'm not going to call that the Xbox One Ten. No. So yeah, the logic behind it is a bit a bit fucked. Sorry guys to interrupt, but I'm getting to the bottom of this can and I'm already fed up with this beer. <laughs> is it just like full of honey at the bottom? Yeah, it's just... It's Do you think they literally really just cool. made beer and then they just poured some honey in it and it was like, oh, we, we made <laughs> of honey. Maybe. It is so sweet. I don't really know what it means when they say, like, brewed with honey. You're, you're a beer guy. A, a beer brewer. Uh, when, when did you chuck that in? I did, I did it once. Yeah. Um, Actually, are you going to bring some of your beer to the podcast? I need to do some, do some more. One I, the batch I did make is, uh, is all gone now, but uh, oh. I was planning on doing some more. But I imagine it would be very late on in the day. Yeah, so maybe they do just like chuck it in. Yeah. Certainly as described on the tin, so. Yeah. Well, we'll give you a hardcore review here. <laughs> We'll ask you to leave the room. <laughs> we my beer got a two or five. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. Well, yeah, what if you get you get better? What if I get better? Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you get better? You might, <laughs> you might get a three or four. I can't wait, man. It's something to aspire to, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, we're not, uh, with, not to dwell, dwell on the iPhone 10, almost said X, for too long. <laughs> Does anything change in terms of how you've got to build your apps, or does the like stretch layer and stuff just? Oh yeah, so some people will have to do some sort of stuff to their app. Um, if you built it with auto layout, you're pretty much there, but you still got to potentially change some constraints or whatever. Especially if you're attaching things to the bottom, because you now got like that sort of special area. You've got no home button now, right? So yes, I don't, I don't so it's like a line there now, which you sort of use as a, as a swipe thing to get to the home okay. or whatever. Um, and you've got to cope with the other end as well with the notch. <laughs> yeah, so now... But you don't have to worry about the notch, right? Because your app is down from that. Oh no, because it can... It can go... Okay. Because there's like safe areas now, which the, uh, the view controllers provide you and stuff, so you can oh, use... I'm with you on this beer, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Hey, I'm it's trying to have a serious all, conversation here, and you're burping my face. <laughs> 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 anyway, as a TLDI, you're now provided like safe areas which you use to attach things to and from, so you never sort of go into the area that you don't want to, basically. So you can't you can't draw a bar across the very top and just have some of it hidden by the notch. You can. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, safe areas are more like it's, uh, it's recommended like safe recommendation yeah because like, you don't want to put a button down there where this so because I haven't used one yet there's, there's a line on the simulator that if you like would then to click and pull up it goes to the menu mm. so you don't want to put things down there that user has to sort of interact with because it right. kind of gets in the way yeah that's where you'll see when they you get this if you see the tab bar it's like raised like it's a tall tab bar now cool yeah. So I need to update the GFib app because we've got stuff down there. Yeah. The GFib app? Get fit in bath seven. What is one of those? Oh yeah. Like yeah, this this episode is sponsored by Get Fit in Bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so me and Hector worked on a an app for personal trainers that well me and Nick also go to. But yeah, it's just like a seven seven minute workout app. Yeah. Don't look at me like I've done it. <laughs> I know, you're doing some server stuff, aren't you? Yeah, it's <laughs> Eventually. Point. It's like an exercise every 30 seconds or something, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe yeah. 30 I, well, it's 30 seconds, then a, then a rest, and then an exercise. Yeah. And then Tash is like demoing how to do the exercise. Yeah. Did you ever use Fitstar? Yeah. Kind of similar to that. I didn't, I didn't take anything from you. Not infringing <laughs> any copyrights. Yeah. Okay, just, 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 you just happened to work for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Complete coincidence. Yeah, yeah just random. You know. <laughs> <laughs> You've got any kind of terms in your contract left over? 
Yeah, I'm sure it's long, long right. enough ago. It's like yeah, they're, they're, they've done what they need to do. They've been bought out by Fitbit, right? So they're fine. Mm. I'll, I'll forward the uh, the the sue letter over the to you. Yeah, you wouldn't be your first cease and desist, would it? <laughs> no. The other topic on iPhones I'd like to have a chat about was um, uh, the sizes of downloads because it's something that like, we have to care about a lot in the the web to try and make sure things are as like interactive as possible as, quick, as quickly as possible and with the movement towards progressive web apps we're having to try and download stuff at the beginning to try and kind of create a faux app and mm -hmm. um, how long until we have loading bars in our apps well yeah i'm sure we will do well, we already have, really have like fade in websites when yeah, they finish loading but, oh, okay, um, yeah. but yeah like what is the uh, what is it like in the development world for ios because i know there's been some complaints over the size mm -hmm. of, of apps what's what's the situ like, if you do it, <laughs> I don't know, the, the, is it the big elephant in the room? Is that the, is that well, the, the elephant in the room? Yeah, yeah. I, think, the I think they're all big, yeah. Doesn't yeah. describe the size. I don't know, you can get a mini elephant, I'm sure. Depends the size of the room, I guess. What <laughs> <laughs> if you find him in the elephant house? It's really not that, not that big of a deal. Yeah. Very good, yes. I'll ponder on that later. <laughs> Very good. Um, Meditate on it. Is Facebook like the app is ginormous? Is it like a couple hundred meg? Oh, didn't some guy deconstruct it and found like uh, he did? Yes, images of cats or something. Wow, I, I can't. We'll have to. We'll put it in show notes. But yeah. there is like people have ripped apart the app sort of thing and sort of seen where yeah. the majority of it sort of lies. I, I believe a lot of it was actually source code because like the libraries that they were using were just so large. But he. So when they're using the same libraries, like they included them multiple times as well. Yes, that was one of the things he found, if I remember correctly. Like, he was finding code that didn't really need to be yeah. bundled in. Um, and you get this a lot with, just, I guess, in general apps, with the rise of, uh, we have, like, like Ruby Gems, but we have something else called CocoaPods, and then there's also Carthage, or Cartage, however people pronounce it, um, which makes it a lot easier to install libraries to do functionality. Yeah. The obviously then problem is that then people are installing, they just want one little thing and they'll install a whole library for it. So you're like, yeah. you've got your, your main app, which could have many files. Then you're installing like 20 libraries and suddenly your app's like ginormous. And is there a call from like the iOS developer community to have sort of um, performance budgets of, of how big you or how small you want to aim your app to be? Or do you, is there yeah. really no concern for it? Are your clients always like, or are they ever... I want my customers to be able to download this over 4G. Isn't there like the 100 meg or 50 meg limit? I think it's 100. Yeah, I know it just got. I feel like it gets raised really like every so often. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what it is. I want to say it's about 100 maybe. Who limits like, it? Pardon? Who limits? Uh, the does. iOS does. Yeah, like does if, you, if you want to download a half gig app, yeah. like a game or something, you can't do that until you're on Wi Fi. Yeah, it oh, okay. it's not a toggle or anything. Um, to be honest, I've never had a client say, let's get this so that they can download it on 4G. But then, I guess it's kind of common sense in terms of the developer to, if it's an app that doesn't require to be, there generally shouldn't be a reason that an app has to be that large that it can't be downloaded on no. 4G, you know? If you've got content like video and stuff, that should be put on the server and things like that. Yeah. Um, one I, thing I that, definitely avoid like down, downloading them until I'm on Wi-Fi, just because it seems such a waste. And, yeah. Um, but I did, is, is there a, a like methodology or libraries that support having your app that you submit to the store kind of um, be more basic and then pull in more assets and things that you need uh, once they've installed it in the background and get like a bare minimum ex experience so that means your app could be a lot smaller I know this is then now kind of learning from what people are doing on the web but yeah. it means that if you want the app model to succeed you want it to have a great experience and as we know not many people are downloading apps and one of the reasons for those has got to be that it isn't a very great experience because it takes ages. Once yeah. you, make, you made that decision, oh, I want to download this, oh, this is going to take ages, I'm going to come back, and then you've lost the momentum with that user. Yeah, definitely. Like So in terms of, so Apple do some things automatically which really helps. So when you, if you use the asset cat catalog in your app for holding the your assets, like your images and stuff, once it's like up on, on iTunes and you download it, it will only provide the images bundled inside the app will only be those required by the phone. 
So oh, okay. if you're on a 2x device, you won't be downloading the 3x assets, same as if you're on a 3x okay. device, you won't be downloading 2x assets. So they do things like that. That's interesting. Make so it. they actually break up the bundle, and yeah. then like, they must create yeah, new bundles ready to download per device, depending on what's downloaded. Yes, here. exactly, yeah. So I had a, I went to visit Apple, it must have been a couple of years, it was when the new Apple TV came out, and one of the big things of that was how they were doing assets for games. So you could upload assets into sort of iTunes Connect separate of your app because the, the Apple TV didn't have much memory. Okay. The idea was that then you they would download the game or whatever onto their Apple TV, and it would request assets remotely from iTunes, which was like totally free to the developer themselves because they just had to. And it was like, I believe it was pretty seamless. I think I can't remember so long ago since we had the workshop, but it looked pretty awesome. So I don't know if they've got that for iOS now. Mm. I've not seen anything about it. Um, yeah, are there any like open source libraries that allow you to kind of download and manage like some components and assets after install, or is, I'm not familiar with the iOS model, would that be very kind of frowned upon by Apple and they kind of want to control that process? They've got the lazy loading, haven't they? You know, where we discussed with the GFAB app and like storing videos on a on a server, like the iTunes connecting. Oh, so that's so not really like that's what we'd have to program. We'd do that ourselves. Yeah. Um, so there's oh, no right, so like it's not, it's not an inbuilt thing. No, uh, no. Like um, I think if you if you needed to use a library for maybe it was some I know they've got machine learning built in, but just for sake of argument, you would you needed a machine learning library which was going to be quite yeah. large. Um, but you know, people might have the, that might not be on by default, and people choose whether or not you want they want to share the yeah. information and and, uh, and have that feature. Like, would you package that in the download so everybody always has it, regardless of whether or not they use that that feature? Or is there a way of you know, here's a like if you choose this feature, um, yeah. I then need to go and download some code for you. Um, so that completely like outside of the model. So not really downloading code because that would like because it's all yeah compiling yeah, stuff. Apple, Apple would. Yeah, yeah. And they've, there's even been a thing where they've like killed, removed apps that use. There was some, uh, it's going to be a long segue, but maybe that's the word, but there was like uh, services that would, if you installed their SDK, they would then allow you to change things dynamically. Oh uh, um, yeah. Because they like swizzle everything. Oh, like feature flag stuff. Yeah. Um, and because, yeah because they like basically swizzled stuff, um, they could override things. But then I th believe the app started getting declined from this. This was like a couple of years ago. Um, so yeah, it's, that sort of stuff is, is definitely yeah, frowned upon. Like, the main way is like, if it's assets, you've got to host it yourself and then download it. Um, yeah. For like, for machine learning, for like the database that's been, like the pre-learned database, yeah, you could just download that and then yeah. Connect it in. I think the web's got an advantage over kind of the the Apple or the just general app model, which is compiled code, because you know we can we can optimize a first run package and then mm -hmm. download further packages later. Yeah, because um, we don't have to worry about the you know, closed system or the like security side of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've never sort of come into an instance where there there's been a time where I've been oh this code it'd be cool. It'd be better to download it later. Like, yeah, you very rarely get to this point of where the size is that much of an issue that you're having yeah. to download. Like, yeah, you just want like I think you need to compare it to the web. If the web starts at like creating apps that provide similar features to a photo, mm -hmm. if, it, if it can have access to the camera and it can apply filters, yeah, like, why would I download a seventy meg app? Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure that we could do that for less in the web. Because I know all about the stuff, but uh, <laughs> like that's that's where it's going. So I think that you kind of have to. There's going to there may it may push the app developers to put more attention to um, like reducing the size of their their bundles. But I don't know, just a pet peeve. Right oh, now. definitely. Depends, like, depends how good the API is, though, right? Because if the camera API is very good on the web and you don't need any additional libraries loaded in to 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 make it better, yeah. then cool. And it's the same with. Uh, iOS, I suppose. Like, if the yeah. Apple APIs are already really good, you know, and you don't need all these Cocoa pods, whatever the fuck they call, yeah, like pulled into yeah. monkey patch shit. Then yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, 
the CocoaPods stuff, people are only really installing those because, yeah, so you don't have to rewrite write stuff yourself. Yeah. And most of the time, people are doing it for UI things. Maybe there's some functionality stuff that they're sort of installing it in. Like, uh, EF networking? That's a big one, right? Yeah. Is that still popular? Um, now, for Swift, it's Alamo Fire. Okay. Um, but like stuff like that, I'm surprised that Apple don't go, oh, wow, this is a really popular package. Maybe we should ship this with... Well, to be OS. fair... I used to use Alamo Fire, and now I've been using like NS URL session, which is like basically I, I believe Alamo Fire is basically built on top of it's like yeah. a wrap around that. But actually, it's pretty awesome, and there's not yeah Alamo Fire is potentially a nice wrapper, but I don't. It's so close that now I just don't see the point. Yeah, um, because it just works really nicely actually so now I just don't I don't have any libraries for my HP stuff it's yeah. it's all just the Apple stuff yeah like I'm all for I, I still think the OS should do as little as possible I wonder if it's if it's better that Apple maybe have a shared you know like on Linux or something when you install a package that has linked libraries to like other other libraries that you know loads of apps use instead of it being so contained and isolated from everything else mm -hmm. you could have like shared libraries yeah um, I imagine that gets very difficult with versions and stuff, but it would be a really cool way to like limit the um, yeah limit the size of the apps and like make make CocoaPods like a first class citizen in compiling and maybe your app gets shipped with a CocoaPod list and that's installed on when you install the app and it is similar to Composer gem mm. files yeah that kind of stuff yeah That'd like be quite neat so Swift now has I think from a year or two ago I can't remember Swift Package Manager. Um, which I guess is like the third version of CocoaPods and Carthage. Though I haven't really heard much more about it recently. It's still there, but I don't know if really many that many people use it. Um, yeah, I think usually I th these large apps usually be come about because the developer is just like not giving a shit. And that's, I guess, where, same with the web stuff, it's like yeah. if you do things you do things well and you like care about that stuff you're sort of watching it and you have a look and like then you're trying to work out where what which is the largest part of my app and can I get that down? yeah and it's tragedy of the commons when it comes to if you've got like multiple teams working on the Facebook app for example they're all each work, working in a different section like who's to blame when it gets to 100 because they're all taking yeah, 20 so minutes that, each that, that whole thing like that becomes hell because they're just like I can imagine someone's like yeah I just want to build this feature I remember I used this other library in this other part of Facebook one day, so I'm now just going to include this whole library, and then suddenly it's like, ooh, there's, there's like another, yeah. another couple of meg of uh, of code, and it's like, it, it, yeah. I saw a blog post where the Facebook app, I think it was March this year, the Facebook app had grown to 450 meg. Wow. And someone um, deconstructed, decompiled. I don't know what, what term it is for this, uh, but there were 18,000 classes in there. Mm. Yeah, it's mental. It's like you wonder what they all do. Crazy. Yeah, and, and the mobile website works fine. Yeah, it just, I think the team just need to set some rules at that point, and like say, all right, these are the libraries we use. Like, I don't care if it's gonna. Yeah, it's kind of against the, the from what I understand, of the Facebook methodology, which is much more kind of just move fast, deploy all the time, yeah. you know, just just headless chickens like yeah. methodology, really. Yeah, like when you. I mean, it gets the half a gig, and someone's got to say <laughs> something. Yeah, it's, it's probably the time to start thinking about it. Yeah. yeah, it's just like that many people working on just one app is just crazy. Yeah. It's like bloody hell. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you think Facebook are, are big on like, um, you know, poorer countries and poorer citizens getting access to it and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pushed by their mobile web stuff as well. And don't they give like free access to Facebook on some internet providers in yeah. like Africa, for example? You'd think it would be one of the metrics by which they measure the app is the size. Yeah, like, but then they, I think they push their websites to those those yeah, like regions rather, rather than for, for that, that precise reason yeah. because they can't download it. Yeah, it's two hundred thirty-five meg at the moment. Like nice. they, they called two hundred meg then something. <laughs> Good effort. Yeah, they do seem to release really often though, so you can't knock them too much for it. Cool. Well, I got pretty techy. Let's um, let's go a bit more on the business side. Oh. Although I should say one thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, we spoke about this last week, but then actually the camera app that we just spoke about, Halide, the guy who wrote that also released a blog post about how they kept the app so small. Um, yeah. And his like basic thing is like, yeah, not loads of libraries. Yeah, it's not shit. Like, and 
compressed um, Xcode has like built-in sort of compression stuff for assets, so you can run that mm-hmm. on on the images to make them a bit smaller. Yeah, or usual tips that you do. Yeah, it's, it's basically it's common sense. Yeah. Is is basically all it is. Just caring attention. It's the yeah. same problem on the web, isn't it? It's, yeah. just, you know, it's the same recommendations that come up over and over again. It's just trying to get people to actually do it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, underline. <laughs> cool. So this episode, is, this episode is sponsored by Trackers herself. <laughs> no, this one is actually going to be sponsored by Forecast.Money. Because I don't know if we've mentioned it much before, but I know it's um, another project you guys have been working on. Um, I've used it for Mean B. Um, so, yeah, why don't you tell a bit more about it? What did, what did, as I've been, I, as I've been I speaking a lot recently, so yeah. you can talk. <laughs> As I understand it, Nick was paid by Red to do it. Is that how yeah, it works? a fucking knockdown rates, I might add. I was going to say, what, what's, what's he like as a client? <laughs> he's an alright client, actually. Best client ever? <laughs> Probably not best ever. Best but best reports ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice having issues written by a developer, though, and kind of like understands what might be required to do something. He's like, no, I wanted to do this. Yeah, but then he knows when it was actually one of your bugs. And <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I have to say, it's been quite nice because. Because I've been so rude like around work recently, but I've had this idea for a while, and so I was like, okay, well I could just maybe take some time off and work on it. And yeah. I was like, well maybe I'll just. You could put it on up work, or you can give it to this mug. Yeah, well, I just pay, pay someone for a call to build it for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so no. Well, firstly, I, I, I contacted the friends agency and stuff and they're quite interested and then I mentioned it to you and then you're like oh actually I'll be quite interested um, yeah. so it sort of worked out really well and it's actually been incredibly nice to sort of just be more see the project being just being built. a manager just tell, telling someone else to do it it's good, I, I understand why people just like being managers you know you just like uh, test it every so often yeah good <laughs> <laughs> merge merge <laughs> yeah it looks good to me ah <laughs> oh, client that merges that's new yeah. cool well uh, what is it then Forecast.money. So, we all use FreeAgent for accounting for our <laughs> respective businesses. Um, FreeAgent's good, like it's very user-friendly, there's there's not many accounting terms in it at all. Um, you can kind of get down to the accountancy stuff if you really want to, like yeah. dig in reports. I far prefer it to zero for the yeah. UI. Yeah, yeah, right. Just the terminology, like, it makes it far better than zero far more user friendly but yeah what you can't get in free agent is very good reporting to be honest like it'll give you your numbers your P&L and like your trial balances and stuff but it won't tell you really how well your business is doing mm-hmm. um, it doesn't give you a report on how good your clients are um, and crucially for like all of us I think and particularly for startups too it doesn't give you any idea of your runway and your burn rate and how long your business has left Yeah, which is um, obviously quite important <laughs> uh, when it's an important metric that we usually work out in our board meetings, but yeah. it's never something we can log into FreeAgent and just see. Um, so yeah, what was the tagline again? Bullshit free forecasting or something? Yep. The, the idea of it is you sign up, you link your FreeAgent account, and like that's it. Just a one pager with those like key yeah. Yeah. stats. Because so. I have tried to use other forecasting software before. Like Float is one that Float, we tried. Yeah, shout yeah. out Float. Float is actually really good. Um, they've definitely gone more enterprise now than when I used okay. to use it. Because um, I used it when, it, or we used it when it was, it had pretty much just launched. Yeah. Um, and that was good for visualizing it. But I don't, I don't really need a visualization. Like all I really want to know is. I don't know, I know you quite well and you definitely need a visualization. All right, fair. You I love, love a good graph. <laughs> there probably will be graphs coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> But like there was never like okay, so you're you're making this much a month, you're burning this much a month. If you don't bill anything, if you shut down now, then this is how how long your runway is and um, how much you need to worry really yeah. <laughs> about how much your business is making. Yeah. Also, so, it never seemed to do. At least it might it might it might have done, but I just couldn't find it. Just it doesn't take into account. It doesn't that it's not so tightly integrated with free agent where it takes into account your sort of like draft invoices or due invoices or things like that where yeah. you've like potentially you've already worked and this is like money that is you about know to it's going to be getting out soon yeah. yeah because that's you have to put that I found that I had to put that in manually like I'd have to put in like sort of my work and sort yeah. of stuff and I think floats based around like different scenarios where you can create a new scenario of like where you are full time all this time or like not or mm. maybe if you get this project so it's it's a lot more fully involved where I don't really want to spend that long 
doing this. I just no. I want to know the the, yeah. the truth of. But the approach I understand you guys have t- taken so far with forecast money is less about. I, yes, it's forecasting, but it's less about um, potential projects and more as a case of, you know, the, the money I've got now, my burn rate now, and yeah. the, the invoices are, are going out right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much you're doing in terms of, like, draft invoices, but... Um, so, the thing with, with Free Agent on its own is it's quite difficult to tell how much money you actually have because the, the key metric that you've got is money in the bank. Yeah. Um, but that kind of hides away all the VAT bill that's due in... Um, in two months, just checking. I haven't missed our VAT deadline for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's Wednesday. Um, I, I like how much your VAT is due and how much corp tax you might have to pay at the end of the year. Like that's very much hidden from you. Yeah. Um, and so you think, oh fuck yeah, like we're we're fucking rich. When in reality, half of that's going to tax man already. You just haven't realised it. Yeah. Um, so that's factored into liabilities. To so it, it, it takes your assets like bank account. Draft invoices we included because red red uses is free agent like that. Mm-hmm. I know we don't really, um, so that's going to be a, a toggle. Yeah, but I think that's something I've started to do for uh, projects with milestones. Yeah, I, will I, create, I, I, create. I found a bug because you did that. <laughs> right, that's good then. Um, yeah, so I create a draft invoice for every uh, milestone in the project and right. just sent out the first one so that when time comes, like it's just there ready. Sure, you can do it. Right, yeah, because I just use mine as. A time tracking thing because I literally just oh, okay. do half day or full day so every day I have a draft invoice for that fortnight and then I'll just add a new line item for that day I do yeah. find it odd that you don't use the time tracking feature in free agent to because do time I tracking because I don't track like hours and shit like well, that you can track a day though yeah but I don't I just want to fucking make I like to see the number as well in my invoices you, see, you, you just see that. the number go up every day in your invoice That's you cool. should try it but no, no time tracking <laughs> okay. please so yeah key features are like breaking that down and how much you got left but we also decided to experiment experiment with clients as well so working out good and bad clients um, highlighting it's something we focus on mainly quite a lot is making sure that one client doesn't account for too much revenue so that's somewhere we've been very much stung in the past yeah. is over committing to a single client. Yeah, I was reading a book today, which it was you know the, its particular recommendation. And I know it's kind of a magic number was no client should be more than fifteen percent of your revenue, and 15? I think that's lower than what well, we've been aiming for so far. Like I think that's that's very good going, but yeah, we we know when it gets to sort of twenty five thirty, we we yeah. know we need to be concerned. So the number I to be truthful plucked out of my ass for <laughs> forecast was thirty five percent. I like how in the <laughs> In the text above it, it's like you should not have any company like income. Like it sounds like I know what I'm on. Yeah, right? yeah, it's a uh, good, good recommendation. Yeah, so thirty five percent again. Yeah, it sounds about right. Dream that up. Could be config as well. Like it's not hard. Um, uh, but yeah, flags a client if that gets too high. Yeah. Um, it also looks into the um, payment history of client on invoices, so you can tell how good or bad they generally are with paying stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I logged in to look at that, so I've got like absolutely no, no involvement in the development of this. But looking, logging in, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's kind of a nice idea in terms of the liabilities. But it was that page that really sold it to me, just because yeah. I haven't in free agent doesn't have any any visualization like that. And that's something we've done before in terms of working out profitability of clients and yeah. whether or not we need to kind of let some go. Um, but that was that was amazing for just quite surprising when you look at that page and there's yeah, some you know realizing some of the big like clients you won recently are already like you know. Massive compared to um, the the you know the clients you've had for ages. That yep. is, you know, it's not not much value there. Yeah, yeah. spotting the headache versus how much they make a month for you. Yeah, and just kind of puts it just plain plain text for you. Yeah, yeah you don't want that client that really doesn't make much of your income, but then is also always late, which you know that you're always having to chase and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, it's, it's like, time consuming, and they might be the client that you don't particularly you know you don't really enjoy. The <laughs> yeah, work exactly. Like, yeah, bye. True. Yeah, well, that's what you got to do. Um, yeah, so thinking of trying to make a Chrome extension as well and feeding the numbers into free agent so you don't necessarily have to leave free agent to see it there. Right. I think that'd be quite cool. Yeah. Um, that'd be nice. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but um yeah, the other day we just released the um the paid versions. So okay. we've gone for nine pounds a month, thirty day free trial. So we can see how that goes. Cool. Yeah. yeah so no free plan at all. Yeah, just paid only. Yeah, it's the recommendation I seem to see you go around. People are quite, I don't know, strong in their opinions about free uh, free trials. The way to go if you're going to do anything, not just a free plan. Yeah, uh, just because then you it may be early on when you just want to try and get you're just trying to get people on the platform so you learn stuff. But after a certain point, you know, when you're just kind of optimizing and you're 
um, you're not at the very very early stage you just need to you don't need to worry about people that are just going to only cause you hassle and only cause like load in the system just yeah. worry about if people and if and to get to a point where if this business isn't going to work out i need to know about it if people aren't going to pay money for it then i need to know about it because there's yeah. no no point otherwise exactly that's that was one of the big reasons for putting the price on just to sort of seeing because we've got like some, we've had some beta testers in there and oh you'll have 10 pounds from mean bean mate oh thank you <laughs> £9. Well, well I assume it's £9. £10 for 12. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, shit, I'm paying half of that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, yeah, we're interested to see because obviously everyone started their free trial, so we'll see in a month, sort of see who sort of stays on and who sort of disappears. Yeah. But so far, the, the feedback's been actually really good. Yeah, we had a lady the other day who was just tweeted out, like, oh, I'll check it out. And the next week was like, actually, this is really useful. Um, it is. It, it really is. So, and for a business like nine pounds is nothing. Um, yeah, and it because you can log in and immediately see like some statistics like straight away, and some that you won't see. You know, it's not just a it's not just a surfacing of statistics you you might be able to find in free agent. That alone is useful, but it's the yeah. fact that it's giving you some more insights. Um, um, particularly for I guess the percentage client is of your revenue is more of a um, perhaps more of a service industry than a product um, industry problem but yeah um, true and yeah it sends weekly emails as well which I don't suppose you get because it's my um, email address but it just sends you an update of basically that blurb yeah on the dashboard which is the clients and stuff in there I guess and everything we know yeah we could track changes as well yeah yeah it's nice what do you think you're going to do for marketing of it in terms of trying to get the word out there? Um, so we're currently just experimenting with some Twitter ads. It's just more like just a one-off experimentation. One thing we are going to try and do is so, talking about the uh, the second episode when we talk about uh, my PA. Uh, she's finding us a uh, content writer. Okay. So basically, looking for a financial content writer to. So we'll do like a, a forecast blog, which will have posts about useful things about your finances with your business and your freelance business, things yeah. like that. The idea heavily for like, A, for that stuff is useful for people, um, but then also like SEO. And then also we can like use, reuse that content in like a newsletter and sort of thing. So yeah. we're going to sort of You're going to go off to a particular niche of like, you know, um, web agencies or like, I guess that's natural <laughs> focus because that's where we, we come from on it or... Yeah. It's a natural focus for free agent as well though. Like, it is, yeah. I, I've, I, I have no evidence to back that up whatsoever, but it seems like the obvious choice for... Yeah, they seem to have made companies. a name for themselves in so like, yeah, small creative services. Yeah. yeah, and like you can tell it with their terminology in their app that they use. Yeah. It's not really built for... Well, it is built for accountants because my accountant uses it, but it's not. Anyone can sort yeah. of use it still. What might be cool is targeting accountants and... Trying there, trying to get them to sell it into mm, yeah. what they do. So yeah. that'd be like an easy way to get like hundred clients or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, get some, so give them some commission. Definitely. Referral system, I think, is what I'm building next. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to do a bit of a referral system where you have a URL, you invite people, you get something free, they get something free. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, that's exciting. Forecast.money for for those of you that want to try it yeah. out. This episode is sponsored by Forecast.money. <laughs> I have an interesting problem with that actually, with because free agents API is frankly pretty poor. So like whenever an application gets access to it, they get access to everything. Oh, right. Yeah. So like I with those tokens can now delete all of Mainbee's bank transactions. Like yeah. so it's quite serious. Not something I'd want to actually use then. I wouldn't like want to connect many apps with free agent if it has that level of oh, access. Oh exactly, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, obviously we're, we're good citizens with those tokens, but it got me thinking like, what if someone actually hacked the app and managed to get a hold of the tokens in the database and yeah. a free rate to just use them? Cool, well, I'm not signing up for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, in order to combat that, there's a gem called Symmetric Encryption, which is really cool. Um, and it encrypts the data at rest in the database. Um, so the idea is the database has the encrypted data, the code knows how to decrypt that data, but the key is in like an environment variable. So yeah. there's like three things that you need um, to be able to decrypt it. But yeah, using the gem is really cool actually, like yeah. really easy. Well yeah, you did it in like, yeah. felt like you did it in the morning or something. Yeah, like two, two or three hours. Yeah. Got it, then hooked up, which made me feel a lot better about having the keys in the database. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, that gem supports like rekeying as well, so you can quite easily set a con job or something every week that just goes through, re-encrypts the database, 
adds the new key, removes the old key, and like keeps your data nice and secure. Yeah, because nice. um, we wanted to start doing a feature where we sort of take snapshots every week of your like your forecast data. Yeah, so and so like, that's like super sensitive stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, we were thinking as well like as a developer because because we we send emails so we can see what emails have gone out through Postmark, the mm -hmm. um, service that we use. And like even seeing data on like our friends' companies, yeah, it still makes me feel uncomfortable knowing like how much money they have and yeah. like yeah. what their runway is. It's obviously not 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 as bad for but all data is encrypted, right? You you don't get access to just kind of look in the database and look at that, right? If it's encrypted, then it's yeah. not very easy for me to tell, yeah. uh, and I have to go out of my way to like to work it out. I can work it out if I wanted to, obviously, because yeah, yeah. I've got the keys. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was thinking it would be nice to just look at the table and not actually know what the data is. Yeah. Because yeah, and if that yeah, if it, that table gets stolen or whatever, then it just doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and they'd have to seal the the, the um, they'd have to seal the database and the environment variables to decrypt it, and they'd need the code to work out how it was actually so, encrypted. Yeah, basically, they need to get server access. Which yeah, at that point, you're kind of stuffed anyway. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, true. But yeah, if there was just a yeah, if there's just a vulnerability in like Heroku's Postgres, for example, then it wouldn't be the end of the world because they wouldn't have the yeah. keys. Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah, so far we've not really like we don't store any data or anything. I think there's a, like a cache, um, yeah. but that's it. But because we want to do this sort of snapshotting and then provide sort of data of what you used to be mm. like, what your company used to like be like, how your stuff. Has changed over the years. Yeah. So the API, you can't just kind of make that query on the fly because my free agent has all the historical data, doesn't it? Yeah, you can, but it's not very easy uh, um, to do it. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I figured it'd just be easier to store it. Yeah, plus like, you don't want, don't know, like the page, I guess you could do stuff with JavaScript, but you don't want that page load to take so long that it's like... No, no, you do want some level of caching and that kind of trend stuff gets really messy. I yeah. know that from yeah. past projects. Yeah. And that's a wrap. That's episode four. Thanks very much for joining in in terms of uh, listening to Four Points In. It's certainly a journey. We're learning each episode in terms of uh, particularly the sound recording. So I appreciate your patience with that as we're gradually improving our kit and our setup and understanding about the whole editing uh, shenanigans. Um, but if you want to give us some feedback, it's, it's great to hear from you. Uh, myself on Twitter is Bobby Shaw. Then Nick and Red are NickJ89 and Red Davis. Uh, and you're very welcome to give us a review, preferably a five-star review on iTunes as well. And that'd really help us in these early days, um, service it to some more people, uh, and hopefully hopefully other people will find, find this valuable as well. So thanks very much, and we'll, we'll see you in a week or two.